0: You know, the greatest night of my career for me personally was I was on stage and it was not going well. And I tried to guess what they wanted to hear. Yeah. After two of them, the second one got the crowd and I go just to myself, I go, what are you doing, man? You're trying to guess what they want to hear. Why don't you do what you want to say? Yeah. And if they come along great and if they don't, they don't come next time. Right. And that was... Like not caring about the outcome, which sounds horrible when people are paying for tickets, but it's like. So here's what I always say I teach, I always taught my kids about the difference between want and need. Yeah. And so I tell the audience, like, I want you to have fun, but I need none of you to.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I'm, yeah, a, yeah. I live in northern Minnesota. If I could, I could mow lawns and pay my mortgage. Yeah. If I needed to. And that's not me. I hope people don't think that's me being an asshole. It's just like, I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Not guess what you want
1: to talk about. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. I hope everybody is enjoying the podcast. If you have any feedback about it or if you have like a general question about comedy, you can email us at undergroundcomedydc at gmail.com and I'll respond to those or even try to address it on the podcast if it makes sense. If you live in the Washington, D.C. area, Max Silvestri will be at Big Hunt this weekend. Max is a very funny comic from Los Angeles who has appeared on The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Broad City. You can get tickets and info for those shows and all the shows at undergroundcomedydc.com. Our guest today is Chad Daniels. Chad is a great comic from Minnesota. He has appeared on The Tonight Show, Conan, and Comedy Central. His four albums have been streamed an incredible 700 million times. He has a new special called Dad Channels on Amazon and a brand new podcast called Middle of Somewhere. In this episode, Chad talks about having a 21-year comedy career without ever moving from Minnesota. How having his comedy on pandora helped him to develop a large following and how he decides which topics to cover in his stand-up
0: yeah I, th- I think so so when i started it didn't seem unusual it seemed like this is this is what you do
1: looking at it on paper it seemed like the beginning of your career was very conventional mm-hmm. you know you went through kind of the process of you went to an open mic, you know, became an MC yep. quickly. Yeah.
0: House MC six months after I did my first open mic at Acme in Minneapolis, I got asked to go to Grand Forks, North Dakota to audition Okay. to be the house MC. And so it was this big to do. I mean, the guy that ran it really seemed to know his comedy. He got a lot of good people in. And-
1: uh uh-huh. And you did you have an idea before you started comedy about what you wanted to do?
0: I had no clue. I just thought you did open mics, and worked. I mean, but did you have
1: another career in mind though? Like when you did, did you go to college?
0: uh, I did for a little bit, but I didn't take. I mean, I wasn't a school guy.
1: And then after that, did you? Were you started thinking comedy quickly?
0: I thought. uh, I mean, I'd always wanted to do it, and then I worked at Xerox and got fired my friends uh i threw myself a retirement party at 23. okay and my friends signed me up for open mic and i went and tried it oh
1: wow so right there okay yeah. so very quickly it seemed like it took about like five years and then you started kind of you had that uh comedy central uh you became a fi- you your finalist in the, the laugh, laugh riot
0: yeah yeah and man there were 10 finalists and i bet you i got 11th place it yeah was <laughs> such a bad set i don't know what my deal was i went out to la and I got these little fancy boots. Uh-huh. I've never worn boots. I remember Eddie Gosling and Megan Mooney, who are two fantastic comedians. They were at the finals and they both they both called me and they were like, what was with those boots, man? <laughs> yeah. like, if I ever see you wearing anything but tennis shoes on stage again, stop. But I mean, I'm talking like not even work boots, like yeah. Minnesota boots. They were L.A. shiny Little pointy
1: elf boot. It, pointy, yeah. They were gross. I tried to wear pointy uh, leather shoes for a couple of months, and uh, yeah, it didn't work out. People still comment on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't... They remember it. fit it. with my, my persona at all. Right,
1: yeah. Same. And when
0: when people are looking, when they're listening to the words coming out of what they're seeing, and it doesn't fit, oh, yeah. I think it really throws people.
1: Oh, 100%. I think I talk about it all the time. Like, I started... That's why I just started wearing the same thing all the time. Sure. Because... I started right early on in comedy. I started uh, dating my wife now and she's, you know, very put together and she tried to make me more put together. And then I was wearing nice jeans and like nice leather boots and nice button down shirts and people started reacting differently to my material. And I was like, this is, this is not what I want. Yeah. And uh, they had to just do the same thing every time.
0: Yeah. It's a good choice. I mean, now, you know, I went through a bunch of phases. I went through the sweater with a collared shirt. The sweater with uh, a T-shirt, and then I like grew out of layering. Like literally, my body grew too big to layer. (laughs) So I go uh, sweaters with no shirt, but then you can see my nipples. So that's an issue. So it's like I went through this whole. You know, I went from really looking. You gotta have a hard body to wear a sweater with nothing
1: underneath. Shit, but or a real soft one. Yeah, (laughs) or like uh, it just gets big to where it gets hard again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've seen those bodies.
1: Yeah, I don't have that one though. I don't
0: have the. Guy takes his shirt off to grill confidently and you're like, well, what's that about? Yeah. Because I have the, uh, you know, that's like visceral fat where it goes in your organs and shit. Like it's all over the place. Okay. And that's why your belly's hard. Okay. I don't have that. All my fat's on the outside.
1: So then you had the Comedy Central thing. Then you got JFL after that. Yeah. Just for laughs up in Montreal. Yeah. There's a thing called New Faces where,
0: you know, it's everyone thinks it's supposed to make your career, but it, it doesn't. Was it helpful for you? I got an agency, but they didn't really do anything for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I ended up uh, parting ways with them pretty early on. I did get a manager um, who I still like to this day. He's not my manager anymore, right. but I do like him to this day. And um, and so it was just, it was more of a check it off the the comedy bingo yeah, card for right. your sanity, yeah. you know.
1: And you, you checked a lot of things off the bingo card. You got, you know, then you got a half hour from Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. You got late night sets. Yep. So You were getting mo- most of the stuff And through that It seems like through that first like 10 years You had like very standard comedy career But then it seems like For the past 10 years It has not been like a regular comedy career Is it, Do you agree with that? Or does it feel normal well, to you?
0: <clears throat> I don't know I mean so it feels normal to me Because it right. happened to me Yeah yeah But when I look at the first 10 years Even that seemed pretty normal Um, I always feel like about 5 years in People take off to New York or L.A. Exactly. So I wasn't wasn't willing to do that. And um, and you you, still live in Minnesota. Yeah. So when I would go do these L.A. or these late night spots in L.A. or New York, people would ask. They'd say, uh, oh, where are you from? And I'd say Minnesota. And they go, no, no, no. Like, where do you live now? And I go, oh, Minnesota still. Right. And people just like they they couldn't believe it. They thought you had to live in New York or L.A. Right. And, you know, I I thank my ex-wife a ton. I mean, without her support, there's no way I'd be where I'm at. I thank, uh, you know, my friends that took the plunge to move to L.A. and New York, because then Mm -hmm. I could go out there, call them after all the hard work they'd put in and all the bullshit they'd been through. Yeah, lots of bullshit. Like, hey, man, Mm -hmm. can I be on your show? And they'd let me on their show, and then I'd meet
1: other guys that would let me on their show, so. So you felt you were able to still get out to L.A., get out to New York from time to time. You're still able to do shows and be incorporated in, in that world. You didn't feel isolated. right. And, um, how, how long did it take before you were able to start headlining, like kind of consistently?
0: Um, well, you know, it, it kind of started where it was like I was on the road. I was head, I'd headline one nighters, bar shows, Mm -hmm. and then try to build an act so I could go headline the B rooms, the comedy B rooms, which is like, you know, I'm not going to name them by name, but you know, there, there are levels, there are tiers to comedy rooms and, um, so then I'd go do that, and then that worked. So then I'd be able to uh, try to headline an A room, and then uh, it just kind of slowly, slowly, but uh, maybe maybe five years ago, seven years ago,
1: yeah. Maybe. So and you're about like twenty one years in, Twenty? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And and only five years ago, you became kind of like a regular headliner, which is normal, yeah. But it is still, I think, when you're a younger comic and you're thinking about it, you know, if you're like six years, seven years in, you start thinking right. like, well, it should be happening soon. Right. Yeah. You I know. mean, I,
0: I took the gradual path. If you look at my career path, it is on like a 1% incline uh-huh. for 21 years. Yeah. So, and these other guys are on these rocket ships Yeah. just race up and they're these young kids that, that get to do everything. But, um, they also, they also can burn out a lot faster. Sure. You know, so, Sure. Um, you look at like a guy like, um, let's say, Segura, for example. Right? Okay. I mean, he put the work in early, mm-hmm. and then he hit the rocket ship so he knew how to maintain it. Right. He knew how to fly the ship, and, and I think that's what you need to do. If you get that too early, you're real confused, and everybody's trying to make decisions yeah. for you. I mean, I, I see that now where people are trying to get me, hey, you should do this, and you got to do this on social media, and you have to do this. And I go, I'm 44. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Like, I'm a
1: grown-up. Right. So right
0: i'll do it if it makes sense to me if it's not going to stress me out yeah do it yeah i mean i didn't have time to rake my yard before it snowed so when the snow melts i have three days of raking to do there's going to be no social media i mean i'd have to do like adult shit. three days it takes you i mean it's a lot wow it's a lot of leaves
1: (laughs) i just got real interested in the leaves all of a sudden (laughs) it just totally uh took me off track three days that's a lot of leaves so, yeah, man, I mean, I did really totally scramble my brain that that leaves comment. <laughs> but uh, do you think do you feel like you're you're starting to, like, get a little bit of a rocket ship right now?
0: Um, it doesn't really feel like a rocket ship. It feels. Um, I, see, I don't know. I mean, it's, like I've been in my head. I've been doing this... My grandma always told me, even when she was in her 80s, she was like, I feel like I'm 25. My brain feels 25, but my body doesn't. Okay. So as I'm going through this stuff and you know, I have a new special out and all this stuff, I still feel like I did before. It's just like, I just want to write comedy. I just want to do comedy. If, and people are starting to come to shows now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like a rocket ship. It just kind of feels... I don't know it's like when you turn when you on your birthday people are like, do you feel older you're like not really yeah it seems like it's just been gradual process so it just feels kind of like just another day
1: yeah yeah so when you were you've put out you just put out dad channels is your new special which you can it's on uh amazon if you have amazon prime you can watch it for free right
0: yep and it's and you can listen to it on any anywhere you get music
1: okay so yeah you can yeah hear the audio is that was that your second Uh, Special that filmed our special
0: Yeah so the first one I did Just kind of by myself And a guy from Minneapolis Dan Schlissel from Stand Up Records Put some money towards it And um, yeah just kind of self produced And how
1: long ago was that? It was 11 years 11 years ago? 2008 maybe? Okay
0: Oh I don't know to be honest with you Oh maybe it's 2012 I can't remember So
1: it was like halfway through Like you That was kind of like You went through you were you, you got the half hour and you're doing late night sets you're starting to you're headlining b rooms probably and then you decide you're gonna put an hour special out you did it yourself yeah
0: and i was headlining acme comedy company which is my home club which is absolutely an a room
1: yeah everybody yes. everyone talks about that place so people, people
0: would ask me how did you get into acme it's like well i started there that's yeah. the way to do it right but, um yeah so then then i put that special out And it didn't seem to do much at the time, Mm -hmm. but it is uh, like retroactively has been really helpful. Yeah. Because it's just more material
1: that people can go back and watch. Right. So have you gotten into trying to continuously put out little chunks of your material? I don't because
0: uh, I just want to put it out as a whole. Yeah.
1: You want them to see the whole thing? Yeah. 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 It's nice to watch stand up that way to watch the whole special.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I put out chunks to promote this one, right? And w- when they're just standalone, sometimes they don't make as much sense. I mean, of course, ho- hopefully of course, they're yeah. funny. Hopefully people like them. But when you see them in the whole arc of a of an hour, th- I think they're they make more sense. Even. Absolutely,
1: they're definitely. It's definitely those jokes are much funnier if you're watching the special. If you just sure. when you just see them, you're like you can recognize like oh that's a punchline that people like. Like that sounds yeah. like kind of funny, but you, you can't really truly fully laugh at it until you're like watching the actual, until you're
0: like in the, in all of the stories right. and you realize what's going on. I mean, you know, if I had my way, everybody would start back at the beginning and listen to everything, everything you've leading ever done up to it because <laughs> then they, then it would make the most sense ever. Yeah. Right. It's like you can watch, I mean, this is such a dumb analogy, but you can watch, <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. Mm-mm. You can watch Creed 2. Okay. And you can understand the story, right? Yeah, this yeah. guy, right? The dad beat up his dad and killed him, so now the kids are fighting. Right. But if you watch Rocky Four and then watch Creed Two, it's like it's better. yeah, you get that like
1: right. you have the background. Right. So this special, you did you have someone make it with you? You didn't have to you didn't do it by yourself?
0: Yeah. So I put out an album called Footprints on the Moon with this brand new record label called 800 pound gorilla Mm -hmm. and uh and then and how long ago was that that was february 3rd of 2000 i'm gonna say 16 i believe that's right okay um basically three years ago yep and then uh i decided to do this one and i said hey do you guys i'd like to film it how do we do that and then they hooked up with this other company uh, this other production company, and they combined their companies and decided they were going to do it, mm. and they produced it, and uh, and they have such a great crew that I felt very confident. They're a very trustworthy company, yeah. So you don't have to worry about like checking them. They're not, they're not copy and pasting numbers from where you don't know where they're coming from. You right. Know, they right. give you a whole spreadsheet, and it's you know not about the money, but it is nice to know that someone cares that much.
1: Yeah, you want to yeah, you want to make sure it's right. being done right.
0: Well. I, I, if somebody's gonna put that much money into showing you where the money or excuse me, that much time effort yeah. into showing you where the money's coming from, then you know they're they have your back and, and they want what's best for you in every aspect yeah. of it. Yeah.
1: yeah, they seem you know, I don't I've never talked to anybody from eight hundred pound gorilla, but it, it seems like, you know, they're they're recording so many albums and yeah. everyone seems to have a good experience with them. I've never heard any any negative uh, I mean negative comments about them at all
0: I haven't either and I, I would be surprised I mean I, I feel like if there were negative comments floating around it would be that they said no to someone maybe or, yeah, or sure, there yeah. was a misunderstanding but.
1: yeah yeah but that's really it's really cool that they're they um they're out there doing that
0: they're trying to change the game for sure
1: yeah and it, it's great because I think the more obviously it's better for comics that the more that small groups like that that actually care about the comedy that are like really interested in just putting out good product and mm-hmm. like doing it in a straightforward way where did you end up recording that
0: i recorded it at uh in denver at okay. comedy works south so there's two comedy works clubs okay. and this one was really cool because it held 380 people and there was a balcony so it really oh, looked wow. like a miniature theater yeah
1: that is cool i watched uh, the first third of it today and it it's very intimate feeling yeah it's cool it's i think uh it's nice i it's got a nice feel to it and i think like to me the the thing that bothers me the most about specials is when the sound when the laughs when you when they don't match up you know oh, sure and uh i never noticed the laughs one time which uh throughout the thing which uh, to me that's like that's really what you're going for yeah. you want to have it sound great and not notice it and i it's. I thought it sounded great. Well, Baisel I made. A, laughs.
0: I made a deal with Anthony, the sound guy, for eight hundred pound gorilla. I said, no matter what, please do not turn the laughs up. Like keep. Is them- that right? Yeah. I said keep them where they are. If a joke doesn't work, then that's going to be okay because there has to be an ebb and flow to a show. Yeah. So I. N- you know you see some of these and everything is just killing but then you see the audience and they're yeah like moving you and can see like, the oh, people what's going on there yeah
1: so it's very it takes me out of it real real hard. i hate it so yeah, I, I hate I, it too i
0: made him promise me that no matter what he wouldn't turn it up to make a joke funny
1: i think it's maybe the most important thing in a special sure uh, in terms of editing it which is just not making it sound weird not yeah. making it sound different than it clearly sounded right. in the room um i think having like having putting it in the right place and having the right audience is important because it will mess the performance up if it's just uh, a bad vibe um but i think it came out great the thing that i laughed the hardest at was the negotiating with your son over the rent and when he says oh how about 150 (laughs) i pay for the milk yeah. It's such a ridiculous, absurd oh, thing. Oh,
0: absolutely! But it was a straight-up real conversation yeah, that we had. That's
1: such a funny. Like uh, it's so easy to imagine a, a kid saying that. So, you do you feel like there's been a? Is, it, it has felt like a gradual increase. You, there hasn't been like kind of like a, a a spike in the past couple I, of years.
0: Yeah, I, I do think in the last couple of years, I've I've noticed this. That sometimes I'll go. I noticed it in Spokane, Washington, for the first time ever. I went on stage. And it was uh, a Thursday and they go, when I walked in, it was packed. Mm -hmm. And I'd been getting emails for a while like, hey, listen to you on Pandora, please come to Spokane. Uh And so I went over there and uh, they go, oh, this is a really good Thursday for us. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, great. It's like coming out of summer into into fall. Um, But I went on stage and people were yelling bits of mine at me and I'm like, oh shit. I've never had that. I've seen it happen to people, right? but it never happened to me. And so I was like, oh, that's that's great. So that at least a couple people know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. And that gave me a little, kind of a little boost, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, I'm sure, it's probably not supposed to admit that. Like, I'm supposed to be the coolest. You walk sure, on stage sure, and whatever. Sure. But it did give me a boost. It was like, they know what they're getting into. So I can really dig a little deeper here because they're on your side they've seen it yeah Yeah. right give give me a little longer leash
1: because they they have what you wanted which was they know a little bit of your history right right they know they know where you're coming from and so then you can take them to the next place that that you want to take them yeah and that's that's been it's been really fun do you think that that has been a, a result of Having your material available like on Spotify and like Sirius,
0: I think uh, sure Spotify and Sirius have helped. I think uh, and you know nothing against those two, but I think Pandora's been the biggest.
1: Oh, problem. Pandora. Okay, I,
0: I think that uh, you know somebody over there really likes me and put me in a fancy algorithm, right? And they. So it's like any station you listen to. If you have your favorite comedian, no matter who they are, right. I eventually show up on that station. Yeah. And so then, if you hear a joke that you like, you can start a station there. And so, um, it's been it's been
1: unbelievable. And that continues. You still get people to- talking to you about Pandora.
0: That's the thing I hear most after shows. Wow. They go, "Oh, I listen to you. You know, I work overnight and I do data entry." So I just pop on Chad Daniels Pandora and I listen to it. And it's like, everybody goes, you probably hear this all the time. And I'm sure you're sick of it. And it's like, I'm not. Right. I'll (laughs) tell you that right now. I'm not. Because so many years people walked by me and gave me the side. Of course. So the fact that you make an effort to listen to my dumb stories is fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, because you're doing stand-up for like 12, 15 years where they don't really know you, right? they just, they're coming to see a comedy show. Exactly. Maybe they've seen like a, a late night set, but they're, you know, they're not fully invested in, right. in, in who you are. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's very obvious in these weekends last year and this year, people are coming out to see you and they're excited well, to see you. Well,
0: that's fun. And I, I, you know, on the reverse, I'm excited to see them coming out yeah, to be that's honest cool. with you. So, I mean, there were times where people would come up, and the, you know, drunk, like, oh man, I remember, I saw you on Letterman. That's why we can, it's like, well, I've never been yeah, on Letterman. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah you can, you, you know what they mean. Yeah. They, saw, they saw you on CBS, on TV. <laughs> so do you think that has changed the way that you're writing jokes? Because you have, now you have people that, you have a kind of an audience that's willing to go with you.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think it's done that. It is a cup. I'm a real bitch. I can be a real bitch. Okay. So, um People will come up to My me. My wife tells
1: me I'm a bitch all the time.
0: Uh, yeah, I. It is. I mean, it's obviously on stage, right? If people aren't laughing as much as I want, I spaz out a little bit. Uh huh. But I've noticed that when. I'm writing stuff that's not about my kids, right? People like kids' stories, and, yeah. then, and so they'll come up to me and they'll go, "You know, your kid stuff's the funniest stuff. That stuff you did about right. blah blah blah." I mean, you don't have to. Do- and so I, I go home, and I write zero kid stories. Yeah. Even if the fu- my kid says the funniest thing or something, some interaction happens, uh-huh. I let it go because I'm like, no, I know that I know that people will laugh other stuff because it's the same brain that's producing it
1: do you want to but are you doing it because you want to challenge yourself because you think that it would be too easy to write about kids stuff
0: well i just don't want to fall into you know the greatest night of my career for me personally Mm -hmm. was i was on stage and it was not going well and i tried to guess what they wanted to hear yeah after two of them the second one got the crowd and i go just to myself i go what are you doing man You're trying to guess what they want to hear. Why don't you do what you want to say? Yeah. And if they come along, great. And if they don't, they don't come next time. Right. And that was like not caring about the outcome, which sounds horrible when people are paying for tickets. But it's like, so here's what I always say. I teach, I always taught my kids about the difference between want and need. Yeah. And so I tell the audience, I want you to have fun, but I need none of you to.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I'm yeah, yeah. I live in northern Minnesota. If I could, I could mow lawns and pay my mortgage. Yeah, right, if I needed to, and that's not me. I hope people don't think that's me being an asshole. It's just like I want to talk about what I want to talk about, not guess what you want to talk about. Yeah.
1: Man. So, um, but you're ultimately trying to you're trying to entertain people and your intention is you You think that it's going to work like 100 you're it's not that you, you're not taking like a spiteful attitude and right. you're not taking an indifferent attitude to the crowd it's not that you're indifferent to what they want it's that most important to you is to talk about what you want and then you're trying to find a place where you can talk about what you want to that also resonates with the crowd.
0: Sure, so I think if people are laughing at some of the stuff, like some of the decisions I've made as a father, some of the mistakes I've made as mm-hmm. a father, then I think, well, let's talk about this, because this is important to me too. Yeah. So let's see if these same brains that are laughing at all the same stuff, let's see what you think about this, and right. then some people will drop off, and mm-hmm. that's very interesting to me. Yeah. It's very interesting to, to think about, you know, everybody thinks this is funny, and it's not necessarily general stuff, you know, it's, it's kind of serious stuff. Sure. And then I'll try something else that my brain came up with. And some, some people's will exit, you know?
1: Yeah. There's a, well, I think what, it, I mean, part of it is just everyone is made up with, you, you know, you've got these different, you've different views and different parts of your personality. Sure. And some of those resonate with certain people and other parts don't resonate with them at all. And that's just kind of, I think every person is that way, right? Every person, I was just, I saw this, uh, this poll where they were kind of asking about general like policies for government and like they, they listed all these liberal policies and they were all over 50%. People were in favor of them. But if you, if you try to add them all up, there are hardly any people that agree with all of them. Okay. If you're looking at an individual person, most people only agree with half of those policies. they' sure. They disagree with the other half, but overall, they're all over fifty percent. So it's kind of like, I, I don't know. You can't. I guess you can't perfectly line up with everyone. Well, certainly. Right. But I also don't think you want to.
0: No, no. I think you, no, the no, disagreement in a showroom, there there has to be conflict, to get to a real point or a real right. path, you know. I yeah, mean,
1: because if you're then you're because then you're just catering to the audience and you're just staying in the safest zone.
0: Exactly. It's so vanilla and mm-hmm. so simple. If you're gonna make everyone have an okay time, yeah. Or you can make eighty percent of the people yeah. have an absolutely fantastic time.
1: But you're also coming from a place where it's what you think and it's what it's really it's the idea that you're trying to express. But you're not trying to express it for the purpose of being disagreeable. Like you're you're not trying right. to do it to get a rise out of people right it's just it really is what i think is it at all do you feel at all do you like do you enjoy playing with kind of like controversial topics that are that make people uncomfortable is that enjoyable
0: um i don't know if it's enjoyable but it's just like part of how i think yeah it's just so yeah so when i have an idea i did a joke on uh footprints on the moon it was titled christmas choir concert and it was about a kid who had Asperger's behind me at this Christmas Choir concert. And I asked him to be quiet one time because I was waiting for this particular song. And then people, uh, you know, the mom got pretty upset with me. Yeah. And so the whole bit is about that I don't think uh, you give your kids excuses and whatever else. And so while I was trying to make this story work, I got slapped twice. I got over 10. After the show? Yep. People came up to oh, you, yeah. just waited in and, line and to I'll slap t- you. <laughs> and I'll tell you who they were. They were white ladies sure. who knew who kn- like six degrees of of Aspergers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew it was a cousin's friend's sister's former dog owners. I mean, it was one of those. Right, slapped. Right, just too much wine. But then I had parents right after that. So I, I, I mean, I'd get slapped and I'd go, "Yep, you can't do this, man." you can't do this. And then I'd have parents of kids with Asperger's and teachers from schools that deal with kids with Asperger's that would come up and go, you are right on the money. Thank you for doing that. And I was just like, well, this is wow, an interesting yeah, one. So yeah. it took me a long time to figure it out. And I wasn't trying to be an ass. I wasn't trying to get these people that slap me riled up. Yeah, I was really trying to make a point where it's like, do we give people a crutch forever? Or do we try to take the crutch away and help them a little more than, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah. Also, like, it's also a matter of, um, it's kind of respecting people to, like, give them more credit that they can. Right. They they can uh, be an individual like everyone else and have responsibilities. I mean,
0: I'm a firm believer that children under 10 shouldn't get diagnosed with anything. They're fucking kids. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, unless it's like. Yeah. Extreme. Right. Right. But if it's if it's something that is pretty gray, and you're gonna give this, you're gonna put a label on a kid, and you're gonna give them a crutch or give the parents a crutch, I -hmm. think that's a very bad idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I can't I can't speak from experience, but I can understand why you would say that. Do you feel like so you've been doing it for a long time? Do you think there are things that you talked about early on that you that you wouldn't talk about now because? people's attitudes toward certain subjects have changed
0: um man nothing sticks out i mean
1: yeah i don't mean like specific example but i just mean like have you do you do you feel like you've shifted and kind of been like okay well i, I thought this was funny in the past but now i kind of i realize maybe that is impacting people negatively and i'm not going to talk well, about that anymore
0: no i'll still talk about anything mm-hmm. i am uh you know i'm a human being uh-huh. you know so i'm, I'm part of the the big, huge tribe. And I, I'm not looking to make, to hurt anyone's feelings. I try to be sensitive to people's feelings, but there are times where it's like, how many fucking feelings do you have? Sure. You know, it's like one of those situations. Uh, so, but I, but I still, yeah, I've never backed down from anything. The only thing I I wish that I wouldn't have done one story Mm -hmm. because I know when my daughter hears it, she is not going to be happy about it. It's about her. It's about her when she was younger, before I could really, because I ask my kids once once they were old enough to make decision, I would ask them, "Can I tell this story about you?" And I how tell old them exactly is old enough to make that decision? Um, I can't remember exactly. I mean, I started young though, but this was a situation where she was like twelve. So, so I I would younger than that. Okay, maybe eight. Okay, you know, and oh I, very I would, young. Would try to explain it to them, and mm-hmm. you know, then when my son was going through puberty, there were some stories about that, and we'd laugh about it. And sure. I would tell them like, oh man. You're not going to believe when I, like when I had a wet, my first wet dream, I didn't have any clue what it was. Sure. And we're like laughing about it and trying, you know, because um, everybody takes like the body so seriously at that time. Yes. Yeah, you're gonna sit it's down. very important. Yeah, I mean, you're going to sit down and, and give the birds and the bees like it's some church talk. Let's just have a little fun with it because it's pretty right. funny. The human body's gross and it's funny.
1: And it's easier to deal with when you treat it that way. I think so, when too. When you treat it with shame and seriousness, it's yeah. like it messes people up, obviously. It's yeah, and,
0: and I want, you know, I wanted, and not like because uh, I'm interested in the story, but I wanted my son to be able to come to me and talk about anything. And I wanted my daughter, I want her still to be able to come to me. And if you know, she has a, an encounter with a guy, I want her to be comfortable coming, no matter what it is. Yes. I want her to be comfortable coming with me and realize that I'm not going to fly off the handle and I'm not going to, you know, uh, think negatively of her or anything like that. So, I mean, we had a situation on Instagram where, uh, she posted a picture and it was basically to get the background was the ocean and she was in her swimsuit, background was the ocean, her face, and then she was doing the little hang loose with her hand. Okay. But because of where her hand was, she had to expand the picture and there was a little bit of uh, the top, right? Okay. And so I just, I told her, I, we just started talking about internet safety and stuff like that. And I said, the first thing I said was, I'm not upset with you and mm. I'm not disappointed with you. Because I think, you know, when you start with why'd you put that picture on yeah there? yeah that's, yeah that's aggressive and then they and then they shut down and I wasn't looking to get her to shut down right. I just wanted her to understand that a picture on the internet outlives you yeah I mean certainly so just you know
1: how do, how do you think they feel about being a part of your stand up now
0: uh I don't think they mind I mean I really do make sure i I did a set on Conan about my daughter getting her first period at my house. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I must have asked her every day for three months. Yeah. Are you sure? I I, I will call them today and say I'm canceling. And she goes, everybody gets their period. Every girl hey, gets their period. Hey, what a good attitude. Yeah. And my son did the same thing. I remember we were talking about, I found a ruler on the bathroom yeah. sink. <laughs> and, uh, and I go, hey, man, this is pretty funny. I'd love to tell this story. And I go, but, you know, you're the star of the story. And he goes, well, I mean, it's kind of every 15-year-old boy is the star of that story. And sure. And I was like...
1: Why hey, that's a good attitude. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've heard
0: some of the other shit you say. It's yeah, not... right.
1: I don't think I would have said that at all. I don't think so either. I, I would, would have, have been said, humiliated. No. Yeah, right. yeah. Even though, yeah, who everybody measures their dick. You got to find out how right. long your dick is. Yes. You need to know. Everyone's going to be referencing dick sizes and you right. need to know how long your dick is yeah. compared. And thank
0: you for using a ruler that I'd never use and not the remote that I touch every day. Yeah. You know what what I mean? is the remote? <laughs> what does that information? Does that tell you? I've had people, I've had people tell me like, oh, I, all the way to the channel button. Like, well, there you know how many different <laughs> yeah, kind of remotes yeah. there are. What? <laughs> that doesn't
1: make any sense at all. I know. Yeah. So do you, do you have like um did you ever want to like get into like making a TV show or like acting? I've thought about it. Number 1, I'm a poor actor.
0: Okay. I mean the, the only success I've had in auditions are our dramas. Okay. And that's just pretty ridiculous, but hey, well, that's I mean,
1: being an actor in an hour
0: drama is not bad. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I auditioned for some sitcoms and it was, they were just like, okay, thanks <laughs> for stopping by. And I was like, yeah, I, I know I suck. Did you ever try
1: to write a sitcom?
0: Uh, I haven't. I've thought about, um, I have a friend who writes real Rob on Netflix. Okay. His name's Jamie Lisso. Fabio, a fabulous comedian, such a funny dude all around. And, um, we talked about, you know, kind of going through my life because a lot of my albums seem like they could just be sitcoms. Sure. So I thought about it, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I ever wanted to have like the the network sitcom that was just kind of like everything has to be pretty safe mm-hmm. i would love to have a real life sitcom that was like on fxxx sure, sure, or whatever sure. it is you know something like that So or showtime cool. or something yeah just something where you could be a little more honest and open about what's really going on yeah instead of everything has to be nuanced and yeah
1: yeah are there other things that you're interested in doing
0: uh well I have a podcast coming out that's just starting okay it, it actually started because I told my friend Cy Amundsen we were texting back and forth about our weeks non-stop because we just think it's hilarious yeah and uh, I go I'm really sick of texting why don't we just record this and see what happens okay and we've just been having a ton of fun so it's more of a um the more of just buddy a podcast yeah just a goof around project where we get to spend an hour a week with each other and
1: I think those are great. Uh one like one of my favorite podcasts is uh Tuesdays with Stories. Mm-hmm. And uh I met uh Joe when I like very first started doing stand up and and I started listening to that podcast early on. And you know, they're not talking they're just talking about their, you know, everyday, sure. but uh it's totally enjoyable to listen to it.
0: Dude, yeah. Joe, Joe List we're talking about. Um it is and this isn't me being like Overconfident or cocky. It's just a fact that it is very hard to bury when you're the feature act, which is like if it's an MC, if it's a three-person show, there's an MC that goes on for 10 to 15 minutes, sure. feature act that goes on from 20 to 30. And then the headliner, the closer, right? Right. Because I think there's a difference between a closer. A closer can do the time mm-hmm. and close the show. Sure. A headliner, you put their name in lights, people come to see them. Okay. That's what that's how I've always thought that about. makes sense. So I was definitely a closer. Yeah. Joe List was the feature. And he buried me Wow in uh it was Toledo. It was like a suburb of Toledo. I can't remember. It starts with a P, I think, but there's a funny bone there. He buried me so hard that I'd never I'd never experienced that. Wow. He killed so hard and they hated me so badly. Wow. It was so interesting to
1: me. That is interesting. But it
0: was a fantastic set. I mean, I was howling on the side of the room.
1: He's a great comic man. And a especially really when he gets like when the crowd gets locked in with him early on yep. and it, and they just, they accept him and love like his yeah. point of view. It, it just builds. Cause he's got so many great jokes. Yeah.
0: He's, he's really, really good. But
1: that's cool. That what's your podcast going to be called?
0: It's called middle of somewhere.
1: Oh, middle of somewhere. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about that last night. We
0: do night. it. Uh, we, you know, both Minnesota guys and
1: would you, are you considering ever leaving Minnesota once your kids are like out of the house
0: it depends where they land you know i mean yeah. my daughter she's a freshman and my son's in college now and uh my daughter keeps talking about well i want to take a year off and go somewhere to surf and i was like i love warm weather uh, yeah i would love to live an hour away from you yeah and you can have your own life yeah but if you want to come over like thursdays for dinner uh-huh. that would that would hey, that's pretty be cool. amazing yeah um but she's 15. So yeah, i remember the plans yeah, i had when yeah, i was 15 yeah. and none of them happened
1: of course yeah so, it's hard to make plans when you're 15. yeah
0: so it would be nice but i want to see where they land and you know i mean by the time she's out of school it is very possible my son will have found someone and accidentally sure. got them pregnant so yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah so i might you know i might have a grandkid yeah you know, that I, you want to be around yes I, I don't know and i absolutely do you know it's like uh, you work and work and work and for what and, and, you know, it finally starts to pay off where you can take the
1: time off. And do you think that just, you know, making the decision to stay in Minnesota because of your kids mostly, mm-hmm. do you think that that has given you like a unique opportunity to kind of like build your career outside of that, outside of New York and LA in the sense of that, like not getting the, all those opportunities right at the, you know, right at like eight years mm-hmm. in, you're getting, you're, you're getting more attention now as a fully formed comic who's already able to oh, sure. yeah. put hours I, so
0: out. So I think two things. Number one, uh, when I started getting things, so I think this is any comic, right? Mm-hmm. You get passed up for something and you're like, I can't believe I didn't get that. Sure. And then you get it a year later. And then two years after that, you're like, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just always that, that yeah. circle, right? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I think what it's done is when I do get opportunities, maybe I do get them a little later, but I do feel like I'm more confident and living in Minnesota, I can say no to things and I don't go into what could be a pressure situation Mm -hmm. and have any anxiety or have any nerves because if I don't get it, and this is going to sound horrible, I don't care. No, no.
1: Yeah, that's right. But that's, I think it's a great position to be in, of course, because being desperate makes you make weird decisions and it also makes you perform in a weird way because you're trying so hard to get a specific thing you're not you know you have the the luxury of you're putting out what you want to put out you're it's exactly what you want to say it's not it's not to do something that's that's for something else right yeah
0: and you know sometimes people ask me they go do you do you feel bad that you missed out on opportunities in la and new york and um my thought is imagine what i would have missed out on had I been in LA and New York, yeah. I mean, I got to see. I mean, all the way down to Christmas cho- concerts, right? I was home for birthdays, home for. I was home for so much stuff, and then, sure, I was gone. I had to be gone, mm-hmm. but now I can bring them on the road with me, and that's fantastic, right? And then, uh, you know, I can kind of be anywhere if they move. Yeah. So, um, it was rougher in the beginning, and that's why I credit my ex, you know, yeah, for the support. Um,
1: but why do you say it was rough? What was rough? Well about I just had it? to
0: be gone. It was it was horrible Oh to be away from your family. Yeah, it just it just sucked. And, and she
1: didn't make it hard on you or make you feel bad about doing She it.
0: didn't, uh It was kind of my own my own personal guilt. Right. You know, and then you end up like, well, feel guilty tonight. Better have a couple shots of whiskey and then you yeah. wake up and, get a drive and you gotta feel worse, and yeah. Right, you know. So um so you kinda of figure it out along the way and kind of figure out what you're doing. So
1: Yeah, that's cool. Well, I think this is good, man. I feel uh, good about it. We can uh, everybody can check out your podcast. Oh, that'd be great! Yeah, That's, it starts on uh, tax day, April fifteenth. Okay, so it's starting a a couple of days. Yep. And uh, and then you can check out Chad Daniels on Amazon. Yeah, and anywhere. There's, yeah, Dad Dad's Chan, it, Dad Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Geez, it's so hard.
0: But yeah, but you. I mean, it's it's because you can say Dad Daniels or Chad Daniels. It makes they sense. both work.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I tried to. So when I try to watch it today on Amazon, I have a little Amazon remote. And I was like, I couldn't find the search button within Amazon, but oh, I it has a voice control, and I just said Chad Daniels, and it worked perfectly. Oh, nice! So Good. if you have the Amazon Fire, you can just hit the hit yeah. the and microphone you button. You can also go back and watch as is because that's on there too,
0: and then you'll be like, is this the same? How is this the same person? That's impossible. Totally different. I'm just a
1: child. Yeah, I look like you a do little look kid. completely different in yeah. your old look. I like There's, your new mature look. Well, thanks. That's nice of to say. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thanks very much for doing it. Well, thanks for your
0: patience. I was late because of my food, and I was sweating when I got here, but you were a very nice host
1: about it. (laughs) I appreciate you doing it. Well, thanks. Okay, see ya. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.